This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Quote, Vain is the word of a philosopher which does not heal any suffering of man. For just as there is no profit in medicine if it does not expel the diseases of the body, so there is no profit in philosophy either if it does not expel the suffering of the mind. End quote. Those are the words of ancient Greek philosopher, teacher, and scholar Epicurus. You may have heard the name Epicurus before. He was born in early 341 BCE, on the island of Samos in Greece. And he died around 270 BCE in Athens, Greece, at the age of 72. And there are many translations of this particular quote, and it's difficult to pin down exactly what his words were, per se. But this is the one that I could find the most written about, so I'm going to go ahead and assume, not being a Latin expert myself here, that this is the original, or as close to the original, translated word as we can get. And the provenance of this particular quote is made difficult as well by the fact that there are not a lot of written texts from Epicurus that survive to today. So it makes it difficult to determine the time and place and the audience, many of the things that we like to talk about here, about this particular quote. But then again, I suppose such is the challenge of reaching back more than 2,000 years into history for words of wisdom. Now, Epicurus is known for many things, but primarily for his belief that philosophy's role in the world was to help people live happy lives with little to no fear or pain. That's a pretty lofty goal, right? Pretty, pretty simple and straightforward. When you think about it, just do the kind of thing that makes everybody's life better. Well, good luck to you then. And that is, of course, a gross oversimplification. Recall that philosophy was, and still is to a degree, a field of study whose primary tool is discussion. Picture yourself in 300 BCE Greece. You're in the sun, you're on or near the Mediterranean. And maybe you're seated in a circle under a tree and someone is leading a discussion on empiricism, which is the idea that the senses we possess are the ultimate arbiters of what does and does not exist. That's where we get the term empirical fact. And you're eating and you're drinking at will. But imagine snacks of the day is what's going on. That's, that's what you're subsisting on because you're so engrossed in the conversation and what's being said that you couldn't possibly be eating a full meal. So maybe you're snacking on some olives, maybe sipping on some wine. And again, it's the heat of the day and you're sitting underneath a tree. And this was philosophy of the day in actual practice. Some philosophers wrote... Others had their words captured by listeners and followers for them, even though they may not themselves have chosen to take the time to actually write things down. Others did, because what they were saying was that important. And it was this way for many, 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 many years, which is part of the reason why it's so difficult to pinpoint when Epicurus said this. In fact, we may not even know that Epicurus said this. It's simply that it's been passed down via word of mouth, which was how philosophy and and history in general was passed down for many years. And I'm no expert in philosophy, as I've made clear many times, but I do find it 
very interesting, and I'm learning. It's a very broad field. There are reasons people get PhDs in philosophy, and there is a reason that I do not have one. I really like the exploration of ethics and virtue, and much of philosophy lends itself nicely, in those regards, to self-improvement, which is a favorite pastime of mine and of this podcast. Thus, from time to time, something like this will jump out at me. And it's not because I'm reading deep philosophical texts, it's normally because something like this is nestled somewhere else, in a different article or a different paper, maybe it's a prologue to a book, or the beginning of a chapter focuses on this. I don't honestly remember where I first came across this quote, but when I see these things, sometimes they jump right out at me, and this was no exception. And as I mentioned, entire academic careers are devoted to philosophy, so forgive me if I misattribute or fail to understand something. This is the risk I run by diving into these topics. But let's take a slightly closer look at today's quote after I read it to you one more time, because it really is that fascinating. Here's the quote. Quote, Vain is the word of a philosopher, which does not heal any suffering of man. For just as there is no profit in medicine if it does not expel the diseases of the body, so there is no profit in philosophy either if it does not expel the suffering of the mind. End quote. And I chose today's quote, as I do for most of the quotes that I pick, because I find it interesting on a number of levels. See, Epicurus makes some fairly bold assumptions, namely, the first being that he compares philosophy to medicine. Now consider that at the time when this was spoken or written for the first time, the job market contained many different jobs than you would see today. But, much the same as it is today, medicine was highly respected, and philosophy was not always. You can imagine why, right? I go to see a doctor when I have an ailment, my ailment resolves, the doctor is responsible for that, great job medicine, excellently done. I go listen to a philosopher speak, and I leave there with something to think about, but not necessarily something actionable, not necessarily something that changes my life the way medicine might at the time. Now, that wasn't always the case. Obviously, medicine 2,000 years ago is vastly different than it is today. All you need to do is go listen to some of the podcasts out there about the history of medicine, and you will see some of the things that they did back in the day were pretty wild. So perhaps Epicurus's quote here is a touch self-serving. Right? But we'll allow it, because he's pretty famous. But let's consider the accuracy of the comparison. Medicine works on the physical body itself. Philosophy on the mind and soul. Medicine can't fix the mind and the soul. And philosophy can't fix medicinal ailments. So I think there's room here for both. Both are key. But what he's giving us is a litmus test for the validity of a philo philosophical argument. Though... It's worth noting, we, he would have had no idea what a litmus test was, as it wasn't invented until around 1300 CE. I had to look because I was curious. And there are many today who will claim to be philosophers, or at least speak as though they are. Often acting as, as sages, right, with or without expertise. And this, what Epicurus gives us in this quote, is a test for that. Does what they're saying make people's lives better? This was true 300 BCE, and it's true in 2023 CE. And a lot of snake oil salesmen or the types of people who are looking to make a buck will find ways to make individual lives better, small groups of people's lives better. Not all people. Not all minds and souls and bodies, right? Just some. Well, they don't pass this test. They don't pass the Epicurean test 
of the words of a philosopher, right? They are in vain, as he would put it. And you may be saying to yourself, well, Matt, that's a pretty lofty expectation of philosophers to make everyone's life better. Well, maybe you're right. I'm comparing it again to physicians, because Epicurus made that comparison. Physicians, at least the good ones anyway, will treat all patients. It shouldn't matter what your financial background is, it shouldn't matter what your social standing is, it shouldn't matter what your race or ethnicity or sexuality is. If you're a good doctor, you treat all patients, because there is a need there. If you are a good philosopher, your words help all. You engage with all. You address all matters of philosophical debate. So, I would say, philosophers must match that of their medicinal counterparts for this for this adage to hold true. Another discriminator is, do they practice what they espouse? This is true, again, of physicians or philosophers. And this is where nearly every politician, which, I would argue, is the group most likely to be pretending to be philosophers, fails the test. And this is where we must be careful as well. But many politicians will get up and espouse various and sundry philosophical certainties. They will say, without a doubt, X is true and Y is false. A is good and B is bad. And you will see this across the political spectrum. Do they actually live it? It's always interesting to me when you hear stories about politicians who, when people who know them in person talk about them in private, they say, oh, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. But... You put them on a political stage, and they're an absolute tyrant. Not in the literal sense, but... So we have to be careful. We have to be careful of these false philosophers masquerading as if they are the healers of the mind, as if they have everything figured out, but they don't live the, the way that they speak. And what they're selling, as a philosophical certainty, doesn't heal the mind or soul. See, we earn our wisdom. We all do this. We grow. We experience. We develop opinions. We share those opinions with others. And we have to be very careful not to take a single instance or even a few similar instances of something to be a full and detailed understanding of that thing. Take, for example, I've read a bunch of poems, and I've even analyzed a few, and I've done it here live for you. You've listened to me stumble through some challenging poetry, trying to figure out what it means. This does not make me a poet or an English major, period. So too, just because we've seen a few things in our lives and think we know what's up does not actually mean that we do. We have but our own limited and narrow experience. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of work to build either the breadth of experience or dig into the breadth of other people's experiences in order to be near certain about anything. And I would argue we shouldn't be absolutely certain about just about anything. And we have to be careful, too, in sharing our own philosophy with others. Because, as we've said here before, it's important to challenge our assumptions. And to challenge the assumptions of others. Virtue and philosophy are lifelong pursuits. One experience does not make us an expert. So the lesson today, I think, is pretty clear. Be humble. And encourage others to be humble as well. Never stop learning. And as you learn, as you experience, as you develop opinions and share them with others, test 
those philosophies to see if they pass the Epicurean test for valid philosophical assumptions. Do they improve the mind and soul of the listener? Much as medicine must improve the body of the patient. Then, and only then, according to Epicurus, is your philosophy valid and not in vain. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you, welcome your feedback, and thanks as always for listening.